0: You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm American Girl dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So, join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women.
1: Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Stephanie Baldwin, a North Carolina based therapist with a private practice specialized in working with high functioning professionals. Stephanie grew up in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, with a strong love for art, reading, and of course, American Girl. We're so excited to hear all about her journey with AG and even dive into some inner child work today. Stephanie, welcome to AGW. Thanks for
0: having me. We are so excited to have you today, Stephanie, because we're going to be, in addition to, you know, hearing all about the context of your American Girl experience, diving a little bit deeper into some of the significance of revisiting American Girl and you know, just revisiting our childhood interests in general, which I think is something we've touched on on this podcast, but haven't done as deep of a dive as we need to just yet.
2: This whole conversation is like a dream come true for me because I get to talk Mm -hmm. about two things that I love. I get to talk about American Girl as a kid and as an adult and also talk about feelings and inner child work and psychology and things like that.
1: Definitely. We cannot wait to get into the inner child work with you, Stephanie, So many of us are returning to AG in its various forms and experiencing the brand in a new life stage, whether it's owning dolls or rereading the books, engaging on social media, or even just listening to this podcast, right? Like, there's definitely been a solid millennial resurgence of American Girl in recent years, in part from being able to share the world of AG with the next generation, of course. But also a strong return to the brand during the pandemic, as we saw people leaning really hard into the nostalgia and turning to sources of comfort and familiarity, kind of chasing those moments of a simpler time. So, we're very honored to have you on AGW and excited to get a bit more insight into the significance of American Girl and how to hone in on reconnecting with our inner child.
2: Yeah, I'm excited. It's, uh, Like you said, something that's been touched on in several episodes. So I'm really looking forward to digging in with you guys.
1: And before we get into all things AG and diving into the broader conversation of inner child work, Stephanie, would you tell us a little bit about what you were like growing up?
2: I was very precocious. I think that's the first word that my family members would probably use to describe me. Really love to read from a very young age. Uh, My mom was a teacher. So I grew up in that environment of learning, being a big focus. And I loved reading anything I could get my hands on. I loved making art. I had a little bit of a competitive streak with myself. Like I want to do more. I want to be better. I want to do things so i entered art in a lot of competitions and things like that like i wanted the, the gold star the blue ribbon
1: relatable <laughs> what kind mm-hmm. of art projects were you working on what was your what was your medium
2: painting watercolor and mixed media mm-hmm. that was really important to me like any way that i could express myself with art you were going to find me doing that like making my own cartoons or um, painting pictures or finding random things around the house to put together to make like an abstract piece or a a mixed media piece, just a really vivid inner world and wanting to use that. I'm the youngest of four and all my siblings are much, much older than me. So it Mm -hmm. kind of creates that like only child experience. So I had to find lots of ways to have fun and entertain myself. Love that.
0: And, you know, being the youngest of four with three much older siblings, how were you first learning about American Girl? Were, were any of your siblings close enough? to your age to have experienced American Girl? Or do you remember hearing about it through maybe peers at school, or maybe you received one of the catalogs that they definitely targeted to parents with kids of a certain age?
2: <laughs> it's funny because it felt like it was something that only I was interacting with. My sibling, the next up after me is nine years older than me. Mm. So a really big gap. So it wasn't mm-hmm. something I saw. I didn't have friends that had American Girl dolls, to my knowledge. I was staying with my grandmother one summer and she would always take me to the library and we would go and I would check out books and at night we would read I would read in her bed, she would be reading her own book, I would be reading my books and i I think I was five, and I found the Samantha series and plowed through those, found Addie, read through all of Addie's stories, found Molly, read through all of Molly's stories. And I just fell in love. I mean, how could you not? Uh, These are, they felt like you could see yourself in their stories, you know, you could see their, their, not their context, but the way they saw the world or their interactions with friends. And I think that was probably the first time I ever read anything like that. So I was just like captivated.
1: At that point, were you aware that there were also dolls associated with the books?
2: So, you know, in the back of the historical books, they have little flyers, (gasps) like a little postcard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And at the time there was only three, there was uh, Molly, Samantha, and Kirsten. And I, I don't have the memory of how this came to be, but I suspect my grandmother bought Samantha for me because I just loved her stories and was like, this doll is so beautiful. She has the most beautiful clothes. She's so fancy. I have to have it. (laughs) Wow. I got her.
1: Oh my God. That is amazing. I mean, going from like the little like insert in the book and seeing Samantha to Her whole like expansive collection in the catalog must have just been amazing. (laughs) How old were you when you got Samantha?
2: I have to use like context clues. My books have like, you know, Merry Christmas, Stephanie, 1995 or whatever, 1994. So try to guess like the age and what was going on at that time. But I think I was seven when I got Samantha. That's my guess. Seven or eight. I had been reading the books for a while before I finally got the doll because I think they knew I was serious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Did you only have eyes for Samantha or were there other dolls that you were considering as well?
2: I loved all of their collections. Like the way they had them in the catalogs, like the vignettes with their Mm -hmm. accessories to me reminded me of like a diorama in a museum. And I just thought like, that is brilliant. So, I mean, I think I wanted all of them, but Samantha's clothing, it was so beautiful. And the women in my life, I I think I associated them with that kind of like formality, like very formal etiquette was really important. So Mm -hmm. she kind of fit into my understanding of um, like femininity, I guess. So I, yeah, I loved her collection.
0: What items from Samantha's collection did you come to acquire?
2: I got the ones that I like had to have, which was her winter cape with the mm. fur, with the fur muff and hat, um, classic, like timeless, would Stunning. wear that right now, <laughs> <laughs> like would wear that immediately. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> Her, her meat outfit, obviously her Christmas taffeta dress. Cause that's like such a moment in the store. Mm-hmm. Cramp- totally. Taffeta dress and her desk, her school desk. My mom bought that for me for sure, because she, you know, loves the whole idea of like, Oh, it's like you can play school. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, so fun. Um, Love that. Something that I heard on a recent episode, you had your sister-in-law. And her yes. sister. <laughs> so, this is like such a niche thing, but the apres ski outfit from the, yep. the day, like I couldn't live without those little crutches and the thing, the ski <laughs> boot or the, the, the cast. So, my Samantha too lived in the apres ski outfit. And oh my goodness, wearing that right now.
1: <laughs> that is amazing. Oh. I'm going to have to tell Katie about that. I actually found a video yesterday that I sent her that was a TikTok of one of the American girls in the cast with the crutches and having like dolls like surround her being with like a sound being like you're not injured what are you <laughs> doing like <laughs> I thought
2: surely I'm the only one that had to have the Samantha doll in the Abraski outfit and now I know like how does is- <laughs> Like, that's a common experience. That's a common thing. Right? So a lot oh, of people
0: goodness. are saying that that's like what their doll is currently in, too. Like, so this is what a lot of people stored their Samantha
1: or otherwise. <laughs> What's <is> about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, they made it seem so glamorous between they that did. and the doll hospital with that little balloon, I'm still obsessed with that balloon. I never sent my doll to the hospital, but I loved seeing it. Like it looked like one of those balloons that you get at the grocery store. That's like perpetually inflated <laughs> and will forever be.
2: <laughs> yeah. That a is mylar. I think it's a little like hospital wristband. Yes. It's precious.
1: It's so I know cute. They,
0: they thought of every detail, honestly. <laughs> And as a kid who wanted to experience the drama of having an injury as a child, I feel like the American Girl Hospital-associated accoutrements sort of provided that outlet without having to, like, fake an injury. Seriously? Like, romanticizing crutches, I feel like, is something that I, I did a lot, but... If you can get them for your American girl, it's like the next best thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for they're, real? Tiny. they're like, it's, it's the drama and they're cute and small. I mean, you can't go wrong.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Um, Stephanie, did you have any other of the girl of today outfits?
2: I think I was like a purist. Like I I can only have these historical clothing pieces for Samantha, but that, that Apres ski one was just, I was like, that's really classy. It's got the knitted sweater, <laughs> Like she can, she can go there with that look. Yeah. Uh, I had the girl of today outfit for me. Ooh. It, it was the, um, and recently bought it for my doll. The one that's like a yellow, bright yellow felt looking jacket, the fleece. Oh yeah. The shirt jacket. Yes. Yeah, Like you guys went through all of those looks, which was such a great moment, but yeah, that one, I had it head to toe. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. God. I love that you had such the a hat. hat too. The <laughs>
2: hat. My grandmother bought me that. She wanted me to have that hat.
1: That's adorable. I love that, that shirt Jack so much. It's hard to like decide which color combo is best with that. Like they're all so appealing, but the yellow one is just classic.
2: It really mm. It's kind of mm-hmm. been in blossom, like, you right? know? It's, oh my if God. You're girl, like, if you're a 90s girl, like, it, it's so appealing.
1: Seriously. <laughs> yes. I rewatched Blossom during the pandemic. It's on a streaming service and it is so good to watch. And, like, the fashion on it is so, it really holds up, at least mm-hmm. to like the vintage return of the 90s. It's so good.
0: Stephanie, was there anything you were, really wanting to get for samantha that you didn't have that maybe you'll acquire now
2: uh yes i wanted her brass bed who didn't Mm. (laughs) i wanted her i wanted her pajamas and still do looked on that looked looked for that on ebay recently i'm perusing Um, (laughs) and like i justified recently buying the wicker table and chairs with a little chintz uh, for the, I think it's her like lemonade, like birthday setting. Mm-hmm. Um, bought it, you know, for my daughter, but really it's for me. <laughs> yeah, oh that, my was goodness. Awesome. that was a goals moment.
1: Right. That must have been really fun to unbox too. Like after seeing it in the catalog, it just looks so glamorous and beautiful. That would be like one of the top three purchases I would make as well.
2: Yes. That's the best thing now about being a grown up who still loves American Girls. Now we have paychecks and, and right? you know, buy the dreams.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Stephanie, what's the th- status of your Samantha like is she in good shape
2: today (laughs) so I, I sent her to the doll hospital actually when my daughter started to show interest in American Girl I sent her to the doll hospital and I'll say they did a wonderful job though they don't really repair wigs Mm. So like, if I really wanted to go all out, I think I'd need to send her to somebody on Instagram, you know, that I've seen that does really wonderful wig repair, like yeah. that's replacement, but her hair has seen better days. It's like very coarse. She was in my attic for, you know, 15, 20 years. It's just dry, coarse, <laughs> but like I've, I've done everything I can and it, it's passable.
1: Okay. That's fair. How has it been introducing your daughter to American girl? What was that process like?
2: Oh, so fun. Like, so, so fun. I think I just got really lucky because, you know, there was a chance that she wouldn't be interested. Mm -hmm. Um, but thankfully she not only was really interested in the dolls at first, but now she's almost six and we've started reading the books together at night and, she loves them so much. like at the end, she loves the peek at the past part, yes. and, you know, like read about what life was like and they have the historical photographs and she I took her to the American Girl store in Houston that has since closed, which is super sad. And she picked out her own doll and that was like a thing because I was like, who are you gonna pick? What is she gonna be drawn to? And I really was like hands off like, you're going to go with your gut and pick. yeah and she picked Molly which was really fun.
1: Oh, that's so that's sweet. That makes
0: me so that makes me so happy because like the amount of options they have is so overwhelming. And the fact yeah. that she like still gravitated towards Molly with every like other like dolls with pink hair like that mm-hmm. they have now, like so many other like options, like really I feel like speaks to just like the timelessness of the
2: character right did she say
1: what she was drawn to most about her
2: I don't really know to tell you the truth like I tried to share a little bit of understanding about like the time period and you know they do have some of the diorama type setups in the store so that Mm -hmm. you can see the doll in its kind of context or with its accessories if I'm being honest, I think it was probably the braids. <laughs> like, <laughs> just I like those braids. I have braids. I like braids, you know, something that looks similar yeah. to her hair. But I've shared with her since that Molly grew up in the same time period as, you know, her grandmother, who she is named after. So I'm trying to like
1: instill yeah. a little
2: bit of that, like historical piece in her too.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Love that so much. We bought the
2: Tiny Treasures book and trying to build the Tiny Treasures like crafts. That has been another really fun journey.
1: Oh, that's really fun. Is it like oh. a recent book of it, or is it the book that we know from the '90s?
2: Oh, for sure it it is the the vintage classic. I Ooh. bought it on eBay,
1: and <laughs> like I bought it
2: for me just to like fulfill right? my own desire to have that book. I always wanted it, and oh my
1: goodness. What have you made from it?
2: We made the little bookshelf um, with the tiny books. And we're on the bed. We're making the bed.
1: Oh, my God. so fun. Did you guys have
2: that book?
0: Lindsay had it, didn't you, Lindsay?
1: You know, it's kind of funny. I thought I had it. And I have all of my American girl books from the nineties, but I don't have that one. And I can't seem to locate it. And I'm thinking, did I have it? I know I made the sponge cake that (laughs) I couldn't, right. (laughs) I'm like, but did I just see that in the, in the magazine? I don't know. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. I had the book. I just can't find it. Or maybe
0: you took it out of the library, Lindsay. That's true. Mm. I didn't have it but I feel like I either took it out of the library or a friend had it because every time I look at the pages of the book I'm like I've seen all these pages so many times like I know that I had this or experienced (laughs) it in some way
1: (laughs) oh my god it's so fun it's so cute does your daughter have friends that are interested in American Girl
2: not yet so I don't know, it might be like just on the cusp of being that age. I think she's yeah. technically in like the welly wishers or whatever, like period. <laughs> but, um, you know, she likes to read. So
1: yeah,
0: so we'll
2: just was diving right in.
1: I love that.
0: <laughs> love it. So Stephanie, now that we have a little bit more about the context of, you know, how you grew up with American Girl, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start revisiting this childhood interest as an adult
2: so i'm a therapist but i'm i've also been in my own therapy for many many years like you know many over a decade and as part of that you really start to understand yourself and reflect on developmental experiences and childhood and after working through a lot of the painful parts i wanted to of start to reconnect to the more like joyful parts of my own life and my my like young self and so i started to really try to bring that into my present day life especially like right around 2020 i think i i had so much more time to just like reflect or do some of that work so i bought rollerblades i started like you know, just for fun, buying like Lisa Frank stationery or like stickers. And I started to get all my American girl stuff from my childhood home. And, you know, first it was like, I'm going to introduce this to my daughter, but I really allowed myself to enjoy it for myself. Like, I don't want to ever feel like I'm pushing things on her or trying to influence her if it's not something she's authentically drawn to. So if I find myself like really interested in something that I think I'm doing for her, I have to like stop and be like, okay, is this really just something that's in my heart that I want and can I just give myself that? Like like the like the Samantha table and chairs, like I wanted that. And if she <laughs> if she wants to play with it, wonderful. But if she never plays with it, I'll be fine because ultimately that was something that I really wanted. Yeah, right.
1: I really love that. It's like reconnecting with things that brought you joy and happiness in childhood could positively impact your well being and mental health today. Like, I like how you were buying Lisa Frank stationery and rollerblades because these little things, like these little moments of joy, add up. And I I think about that when I like comb through an American Girl catalog or buy myself another American Girl magazine on eBay. <laughs> I'm like, if I could have like 30 minutes of joy of something from like my past and reconnecting with this in this like moment of nostalgia, that's 30 minutes, you know, that I might have been spent feeling stressed or whatever emotion that is not joy.
2: Yes, completely. I think that's a very adaptive, like self-soothing or like coping mechanism. And I feel like we really saw a big increase of that during the pandemic of people like seeking out nostalgia for that, Mm -hmm. like comfort feeling. And, you know, there was like so many more Instagram accounts or just like social media accounts dedicated to that and people reconnecting with their interests and hobbies from childhood, which it's just to me, like good all around. And I started to get really curious, like, why is this a thing? Why is this happening right now? This kind of phenomenon Yeah. And I found this really interesting article that was saying that there's an association to hope that like when we feel nostalgic, it actually also increases our sense of hope. And I think that's really beautiful. Wow. Wow. That's so interesting
0: to think about. Something that I have found with revisiting American Girl, and I don't know, maybe either of you can relate, is like I I overall feel like a sense of joy when I like see something in like the catalog or like a picture of something on Instagram that I remember, but I also like remember other random things that were maybe happening in my life at the same time that I like, that I was, like, you know, looking at a picture of Josefina's bed, like, I remember being in kindergarten when I saw that, and then I start thinking about, like, how did I feel about, like, going to kindergarten, and who was in my class, and, like, who was I friends with, and I don't know, it's, it's weird how, like, it also brings up things that have nothing to do with American Girl.
1: (laughs) Right. Right.
2: Yeah, and it sounds like it, it expands so many other memories and parts of your life. And I think that's like, oh, a channel or a way to like really revisit yourself. Like, how did I feel? What was going on in my life at that time? Like, what was little me doing? What was little me interested in? Who were my friends? What was I going through? That's right. Really valuable.
0: I think it's also something that like, I don't know for me personally, if I could just tap into that, like willingly, like I almost have to Do a chain reaction of like memories like there has to be like the one thing like seeing the page in the catalog that like triggers it otherwise like there wouldn't necessarily be a reason for me to think about like what I brought to show and tell in kindergarten like during Christmas time it always like has to be like a very specific like chain of events that like leads you to each memory and like if I just like tried to remember without something like triggering it I wouldn't be able to
2: that's so kind of powerful and um yeah like uh gives you some structure for how do I how do I better revisit my past that's so cool
1: and i feel like we're so lucky that we have access to the internet where we're able to explore this further it's like we we were born in like the exact perfect time period
2: mm-hmm. you know where
1: life wasn't controlled by social media but now we have access to being able to use it to connect to our past to really get into this nostalgia and see things like exactly how they were when we were growing up and i think it's interesting that like Even if you don't have an American Girl doll as an adult or are in a place to start collecting again, even just looking at images of them or getting the books or the magazines, catalogs, whatever it might be, or even just seeing it online, we always have to shout out our friends at the Shagnon Family Museum of Toys and Collectibles who so carefully has archived all the catalogs from the past where you're really able to see the full progression of pleasant company, but having access to these resources is just so impactful. And, you know, I think it might be worth like carving out like a certain amount of time each week, just for nostalgia, like nostalgia (laughs) just feels so good and should be like a regularly scheduled activity.
2: Isn't that the coolest thing that you can just like go online and see these like core memories. I mean, right. see things that you have like lodged in the very back of your mental filing cabinet and you forget it's there and you see those catalog images and you're like, oh my gosh, like a specific issue, like a specific issue, 1997 Christmas, right? that, that catalog, you know, it's just so fun. Like, the oh my
1: goodness. Thing.
2: Okay. I have a question for y'all because this is something that I have not yet seen in those pages. Like I haven't seen this core memory reproduced on the internet, but there was an issue of American girl magazine that was like Halloween. And they had all of these like do it yourself Halloween costumes. And one of them was like, like a picnic, like they had the picnic with all the stuff on it. And then one of them, they had like a big clear trash bag tied around them, stuffed with balloons. And I think they were supposed to be a bag of what candy grapes, like grapes, grapes, grapes. Grapes. (laughs) (laughs) like that. I don't know why I cannot put my finger on why why was that so impactful? Why were those images just like lodged into my brain to remain there forever? I just thought that was like the most creative, coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life.
1: (laughs) I'm going to find that issue for you after this.
2: Like that would make my week for sure.
1: I know just what you're talking about. And it's so ingrained in my mind too. (laughs) It's It's so funny how these like pages could just stick with you so vividly.
0: And it's funny how like some of them are things that you remember, and you like kind of go looking for. So if you're like, Oh, I, you know, remember this specific page about like Samantha's bedroom set, I want to look at but then I find like sometimes when I find those things, I find other things that I didn't even realize I remembered until I see them and it's like, I'm unlocking memories with American Girl that I didn't even realize I had and I didn't even realize that they were like still being stored somewhere here. But it's so cool to like see things that I hadn't even thought about for like 20 plus years. It's crazy.
1: Yeah,
2: what a gift.
1: Stephanie, are there any exercises that you could recommend for someone that is looking to start reconnecting with their inner child?
2: I can walk you through a little exercise that can get you started.
1: Yes, please.
2: You guys feel free to like join in and anybody who's listening, you can join in too. This is something that I feel like is a really good way to connect to your inner child and also like cultivate a lot of compassion and love for yourself as an adult. So you want to think of somebody who you knew as a kid that you felt loved you or under like understood you or accepted you unconditionally. Like this person for you, you felt either loved you unconditionally or accepted you unconditionally and just sort of like let that person come to mind. And then when you think of that person and kind of see them in your mind's eye, think about how old you are. And Lindsay or Laura, I don't know if either of you feel comfortable or open to sharing like what came up for you.
0: One was my friend, Chrissy, who we had on the podcast because she and I both were obsessed with American Girl at the same time. And I remember like very vividly, I feel like specifically playing with her from the ages of like five to 10, probably the most vividly, but we have been friends since birth.
2: Okay, and how old are you when you're thinking about your friend, Chrissy?
0: Probably like, we'll take like the median between five and 10, so probably like closer to like seven.
2: Okay, now imagine I'm meeting you and Chrissy's gonna introduce you to me, like little Laura, age seven. How would, mm-hmm. how would Chrissy describe you if she's saying, here, I want you to meet my friend, Laura? How would she describe you? Hmm. I'm trying to think of
0: at uh, seven. I think American Girl would probably factor into it. But I think she would probably describe me as someone who likes using my imagination and playing pretend, is creative, and loves collaborating on, like, we used to do, like, little music videos or, like, short films together with her video camera. So I think she would say, like, kind and creative and good at sharing and collaborating with her seven-year-old vocabulary.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I would then... If you're using this as a practice, I would ask you to write those traits down, like imaginative, creative, collaborative, kind, and even better if you can find a picture of yourself at this age so that you can really connect to yourself in that way, like see yourself through those eyes and know that as an adult, like you, Laura, are those things. That little girl is still there. She's still in you, still creative, collaborative, imaginative. And to really just kind of cherish that part of yourself and know, like, I'm still here. That's still me. The world might have added on a few layers of other stuff and I made it. And here I am. And I'm, I'm still that girl. And to really like honor those qualities about who you are that's inherently you. I love
0: that. Oh, I love that so much. That was such a powerful exercise because I feel like we don't really think about as adults, like, we don't really think about ourselves as, children, like in how we felt, because we're carrying our mind around with us from that time to the present. So like you always sort of feel like you, but then when you think back on it, almost through the lens of somebody else, it's easy to see like, from more of an objective point of view, or somebody else's like outside point of view, it's easier to like, accept those things about yourself than if you I think were trying to identify them on your own. So
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Through those, like uh, through that lens of unconditional acceptance and love. And I'll say just as like an aside, or if anybody listening tries this exercise and finds that there might be sadness that comes up, like I didn't have that person in my life. I want them to know that that's, if there's grief there, that's okay. You might've had like a pet or a teacher that you felt like unconditionally supported you or loved you. And um, if there isn't anyone that comes to mind that that might be some grief and that that's okay. That means that there might be something there to, to heal or to work on, but that feels like an important thing to name since we're yeah. there into the world and I want right. everyone to feel cared for and seen around that.
1: I love this exercise so much. I think my person would describe me as creative, funny, and adventurous which I hope are traits that still fit me today. Um, But I worked backwards a bit and thought of the earliest time when I didn't feel that sense of security and self-assuredness and who that heavy influence in my life was prior to that time. And I instantly thought of my childhood best friend who moved away right before we started junior high. And she only moved a town away. So we still spent a ton of time together, but we weren't in the same school But yeah, I always felt like I was my truest self when we were together. We had totally different interests, but we could always find a common ground and have fun. But yeah, starting junior high in a new school was such a big shift. And with my friend moving away, it was just the perfect storm of upheaval. And this is also the time where I started heavily phasing out of AG. I don't even think I was reading the catalogs at this point. So there were a lot of changes. I remember just always being so deeply self-conscious and thinking that everything was embarrassing. But when my friend and I were together, that all went away and we could just be our goofy, truest selves together.
2: Mm. Well, I'll say, I love what you shared about your friend, just like really seeing you and not caring about all the other stuff. Like everybody needs a friend like that. Yeah, Um,
0: I love that we both chose friends.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you have an age that comes to mind when you think about that part of your life, but like sixth grade really stands out to me because, you know, where, where I grew up, that's when you start middle school and gosh, middle school is such a like transitional time of, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not a child. Now I'm kind of changing and becoming a teenager and going through puberty and and entering this new like social environment. And um, there just feels like a lot of pressure. Um, at least for me, I felt like a lot of pressure to now like be cool and people care, like you should care what people think. And yep. I felt, I think I just felt pressure to grow up and stop playing. And that makes me sad, you know, like, I guess it's just part of growing up, but I would say that maybe a positive, like healing part of coming back around to all of this with American Girl is just permission to be playful again like now we're grown-ups but we, we have permission to like go back and play
1: right like it didn't have to end mm-hmm. yeah right
0: and we don't really care anymore if it's cool or not right but, <laughs> Right. yeah
2: that I- it's like a source of like fun and joy and kind of pride. Like, yeah, it's a very specific thing that I'm into and I will happily tell you about it. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think like Instagram and TikTok and online communities really bring people together in this way that you realize you're not alone in your interests.
2: Yeah. I love what you guys say in the intro. Like we're not just talking about dolls. right? (laughs) Like that's so true. Every time I listen to an episode, I just like am full of joy. I'm smiling. I feel connected. I hear these stories where I'm like, oh man, totally. Like, yeah, it's a good feeling to know that in some ways we're not so unique. You know, there's like common humanity.
0: Right. And I think like going back to like the transition period of like you know, maybe middle school is like one that a lot of people relate to being a time of like abrupt transition. But like if I think about it, it's like I was playing with American Girl in like the fifth grade. And then in the sixth grade, I was like expected to like buy like layering polos from Abercrombie. <laughs> like
1: it
2: was yeah. yeah gosh, what a change. It's it's so abrupt for a girl. <laughs> right?
0: And I wonder like if maybe today it's almost like even more so because I think like kids are exposed to so much Mm -hmm. more now than when we were kids and like I only had to keep tabs on like so many trends. You know, obviously, I, like, knew what the cool clothes were that, like, everybody was wearing and, like, the, like, shows, like, I remember people, like, watching Laguna Beach and I was, like, I want to watch that. Like, what channel is it on? <laughs> <laughs> um, But, like, I feel like now there's so much, like, overload of things, but maybe that also makes it easier because there's much more diversity and, like, interests.
2: Yeah. I find myself, like, so… I don't know. Like I I have a lot of compassion for kids growing up now. Like you were talking about like keeping up with the trends. And I just had this like instant memory of going to high school and realizing that people had hair straighteners. It felt like a big secret that I didn't know about. Like, (laughs) you know, there's all the merging of the middle schools. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm supposed to be straightening my hair. (laughs) (laughs) It's like now like people have access to so much information about, Everything from beauty standards to like, Mm -hmm. you name it, I just can't imagine the pressure to like, keep up.
1: Right? The added pressures of social media mixed into this, like, already tumultuous time of entering middle school. Like, for me, it was such a stark contrast of wanting to get away from anything that might be interpreted as childish Even things that like previously brought me joy, like only a few months prior. And instead, I was really leaning into my next life stage of being a teenager and was really driven by all things pop culture and wanting to fit in. And prior to that, I just wasn't really seeking out anything like aspirational in my life.
2: I think that's where we start to lose some of our authenticity. I won't say that's true for everybody. And I am so envious of people that manage to keep all of that intact. But, you know, we're talking about when do you stop playing or when do you put those things aside? I feel like that's the same moment where you sort of have to like hide or cut off some of those parts of yourself that are really true to who you are mm-hmm. and in some ways, like, rediscovering your child self feels like bringing that back online, like getting a little bit closer to your like full authentic self. Like, no, actually I like this. This matters to me. This is fun. This brings me joy and it's okay. And it really doesn't matter if it appeals to anyone else. Definitely. Something really
0: interesting that I didn't even think was going to have a this much of an effect on me and maybe lindsay you can weigh in um was when we had our moms on the podcast to talk about their experience with american girl but also their experience as kids playing with dolls and then also the thing that i thought was like really interesting was hearing them describe what we were like as kids as well which was just so interesting because I'm not really sitting down with my mom very often to have her like describe to me what she feels like I was like as a kid. So that was very interesting. And I loved hearing about what she thought she was like as a kid as well.
2: Yeah, that sounds like such a rich experience of just like hearing the generational connections of yeah, like mother and daughter. I love that.
1: What next steps would you recommend to somebody looking to further connect with their inner child and explore this journey a bit more? Like any resources or books or even how to find a therapist?
2: Oh, great question. First, I'll say if anybody listening thinks they're on the fence, like, oh, should I? Like if any part of you is interested in therapy or wants to take that step, like I would encourage you to do it. You don't have to be in crisis. You don't have to be having quote, like a problem, you can go to therapy to just get to know yourself better, have more psychological insight, better understanding of who you are, have better, you know, interpersonal relationships. Um, you can do it just because your life matters and it's important. So that's my, that's my preface resources. I will say that actually something that's free and pretty easy is there are a lot of inner child work journal prompts on the internet. Um, You can find them on Pinterest or um, simply just Googling, but there are so many free resources of just journal prompts. And that's a great way to get started. If you just want to ask questions for yourself and try to reflect on who you were as a child or what. What you felt, what your experiences were. So that might be an avenue that is very cost effective. If you want to look for a therapist, you know, word of mouth is always great. Like if somebody you know has had a really positive experience, ask them who they worked with. Or you can try psychologytoday.com. That's a great website. You can put in um, and use filters like your zip code. If you want to be self-pay or insurance, what you want to work on. There's so many different filters you can use to find exactly the right fit. And most people offer a free 15 minute consultation to see if it's a good match.
1: I really like what you said in the beginning, kind of giving yourself permission, even if you're not going through crisis.
2: Yeah, I I work with high functioning professionals. And so what that looks like is someone who is, you know, doing well, life is pretty successful by all appearances, but they're carrying stuff like we all are. And yeah, you know, that inner struggle deserves space, just like anybody, like we all deserve to feel heard and seen and understood. So you don't have to have a reason to justify going to therapy. So true.
0: I also love the idea of the journal prompts. Journaling in and of itself, I think is, you know, for those of us who kept journals as a kid, also just like a nice activity to get back into. I know I've found some of my Old journals from like middle school and elementary school and I've loved like getting to read them here and there and then obviously it's a very different practice as an adult but it's such a special way to connect with yourself, so I think that's a great place to start too.
2: Mm, I love that. Yeah. Especially if, if it comes naturally or if it's something that you have a history of doing, um, that could also just be a way to like honor the part of you that likes to write.
1: Absolutely. Now, Stephanie, you've shared so many interesting insights and I think you're leaving us all with a lot to consider and to look into after this conversation, but I'd love to circle back on American girl for a moment and ask a question that we'd like to ask all of our AGW guests. And that is what lasting impression did American girl leave on you?
2: I'll speak from my adult self because that's kind of just where my head is right now. But the biggest thing is that like our stories matter, you know, like it doesn't matter if you're a nine-year-old girl in the 1900s, like early 1900s, like even if you're a child, I think often as a kid, I felt like what I had to say wasn't always important or it didn't have a space to be heard and American girl, especially the stories, it felt like, Oh, our, our stories do matter. What we say is important. Um, Like seeing yourself in the representation is just so important and empowering.
1: So that's, that's where I am with that. Definitely. Like the significance truly isn't lost on us. American Girl really underscored that our stories matter and they gave girls a voice in history that's not often shared, especially to young girls directly. And it gave us such a strong connection to the past as well. Like think about all the girls who grew up to be historians or have a deep love of history stemming from American Girl.
2: Oh my gosh, I have to share one little quip on this note, <laughs> um, I'm reading, I was reading, uh, gosh, which one was it? I think it's the first or second book in the Samantha series. And there's this moment where she's like at tea with Grand Mary and Uncle Guard and all the other people are in the room and um, she's not supposed to speak unless spoken to. And she's sitting there like seething in anger because Jesse has left the house and nobody is talking about it. And now I'm reading it as an adult and I'm like, oh, this is why I connected so much with her. She was like acting out in anger and just like huffing and puffing at this tea. And finally, they're like, what's going on? And she's like, no, something bad has happened and no one is talking about it. Like yeah. this person that's so important to me left and no one is talking about it. And I felt like as a kid that resonated like, oh yeah, I know how that feels. Like many of us probably know how it feels to feel like, okay, there's something going on. And the adults in my life are not being honest with me or not talking about it. And that's really frustrating. So to like, see that play out in a book is just like brilliant. I I commend the author. Great job.
0: Seriously. Like it is so now being an adult myself, it's so Unreal to me that an adult author is able to capture that feeling that you have as a kid so well because I think it, it maybe, unless you are, you know, working with or raising kids of that same exact age that, you know, Samantha is in that story, like you might really have to like search back to find your feelings about how you would act or feel at that age. And I don't think that a lot of adults like have that just, you know, on tap that they can mm-hmm. like, right. you know, tap into. It's, it's really, was that a Valerie Tripp one? I oh, yeah. think. Yeah. 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 She I just, couldn't agree more.
2: It's so impressive. She knows
0: what's up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> children's book authors are just like incredible. Yeah. she
1: gets <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, getting into our little games here, Stephanie, we'd like to play two games with you. The first being a little dinner party question, which is if you were to invite any two American girl characters to join you for dinner, and these could be any two characters throughout the series, the friends, the families, the dolls themselves, which two would you be having join you?
2: Hmm. Okay. So I've thought about this and I feel like I would want them to be the two that I like imagine being like-minded or like kindred spirits. And that would be Samantha and Josefina because they're both kind of healers or i think Josephine is kind of a healer and um, Samantha is a helper so i feel like we probably would be a sensitive group of gals we would you know be able to like i don't know understand each other and you know obviously i i just have a like deep love for Samantha i feel like i know it's kind of basic but that's just the truth that's my answer <laughs>
0: She's a classic for a reason. Mm
2: -hmm. I
0: love that combo. They're like, they're kind of like fire and water, but like in a way where like, one is like, yeah, very action oriented and the other one is like very feelings oriented. And those are my two favorite dolls. So Two favorite characters, I should say. I think that's a great combo. Classic.
1: I think they're like two kind of gentle souls as well, like Mm -hmm. very empathetic and kind. And I think that would be a lovely evening to spend with the two of them. Yes.
2: You know, maybe kind of like typical of a therapist to say, but yeah, we're going to, you know, talk about feelings. We're going to talk about helping others and service. Yeah.
0: Well, getting into our celebrity question, Stephanie, if Mariah Carey had an American Girl doll, which one do you think she would have?
2: Oh, my gosh. Yes. I've thought about this, too, because when I listen to the show, I have thought about who would I choose? Um, love Mariah Carey, biggest Mariah Carey fan. She's such a diva in the best way. So I've thought about, like, who, who would Mariah pick? I can't say that I have read Rebecca's stories, but Rebecca really gives me diva vibes. Yeah. (laughs) I just think that she would probably maybe even go toe to toe with Mariah in real life. So I think that if Mariah was going to have a doll, she would choose a diva. Um, And I think she would choose Rebecca.
1: I oh, that's that. so on point <laughs> Two New York gals too.
2: So I'm <laughs> yeah. an assumption because I haven't read the stories, but I adore her like, um, clothing and accessories. Yeah. And I know like part of her story is that she wants to be like, you know, performing or a star. Oh, she <laughs> wants <laughs> to be a star at right, any cost. So right. <laughs> does that track with you having like, yes. Yeah
0: totally yeah, yeah. i i haven't read all of her stories either but i feel like one thing about her that i've taken away from her stories that i am familiar with is that like she's kind of unabashedly herself mm. um which i feel like is so in line with mariah yeah,
2: perfect definitely
1: <laughs> Well, Stephanie, this has been so, so wonderful to connect with you today. Thank you for taking the time to join us and share all of your insights and how American Girl really does connect to all of our well-beings and we're all on the Mm -hmm. right track with continuing our love for AG and bringing it back into our lives um, for some of us, but maybe for others, it hasn't left. And it's just been really wonderful to speak with you today. So thank you for joining us.
2: Absolutely. So fun to talk with y'all.
1: And where could everybody find you after this?
2: You can find me at baldwintherapygroup.com Or on Instagram at uh, Baldwin Therapy Group.
1: Wonderful.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you, Stephanie, so much for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time.